Okay, good evening everybody to the uh, Orient Hour. My name is Billy Herring and uh, I've got some lovely guests with us this afternoon, or this evening, should I say. So everybody strap in and let's get ready to go. All right, okay. Okay, good afternoon, good evening, everybody. All right, okay, welcome to the Orient Hour show. As I said, my name is Billy Herring. It's my uh, first show today in charge as a presenter. So as you can understand, I'm a little bit nervous. So what I'm gonna do is I'm straight away gonna introduce my guests. Sitting to the left of me, hopefully his journey into the studio was a little bit easier than last time he was here, Jamie Stripe. Jamie, how are you this evening? All right, thanks, Billy. All good? Yep, yeah, all good, no problems with the traffic. Lovely, that's exactly what we want to hear. Okay, all right, and then I'm moving across to Sam Monday then. Sam, this is the first time we've met. How are you this evening? I'm good, mate, not too bad, not too bad. Looking forward to discussing a very eventful week. Fantastic, and last but certainly not least, we've got Darren Burrows here. Now, Darren, before I say anything else, what I want all of us to do in the studio, uh, because you were one of the, how do I phrase this, mad people who went to uh, Plymouth? I mean, I was going to use the word heroes, but you know, there we go. So I think you deserve a round of applause from everybody in the studio for making that tremendous trip there. All right, okay, so without further ado then, uh, we'll move straight on to the uh, Macclesfield debacle. Is that the way we should put it, do we think? Or just, just loss for now. Loss, loss for, now. for now. Okay, yeah. setback. Yeah. A mere setback, hopefully. Okay, all right. Uh, Jamie, were you at the game? You no, I wasn't. I'm afraid I wasn't as committed as Darren is, but uh, I followed it on Twitter in the usual way. And uh, yeah, it was a bit disappointing, really, because after that really good result to kick off our season, you kind of think, well, Macclesfield, didn't have a great season last season. Maybe we can get something out of it. A bit surprised to see a 3-0 scoreline. But, you know, it's a, a harsh introduction to the, to the to League Two away games. You know, I think we've kind of missed that for a little while. We're not used to losing games like that and big margins. So, yeah, maybe a bit of a wake-up call. Plenty of food for thought for Ross and the players. See how we bounce back on Saturday. Yep, and Sam? Yeah, I also didn't go. My, my record at Macclesfield has uh, been once seen I only win there. The famous um, game in 2001 where Jabbo scored and uh, Spider-Man invaded the pitch. And uh, yeah, so I didn't, didn't go this time. But yeah, as Jamie said, it's, uh, look, we were going to go and lose a game at some point, all right? It was important we didn't lose the first game this season, I think. And, you know, first away game, it's not great. Don't get me wrong that we've lost 3-0. Um, but I have to say some of the reaction to this loss is uh, rather overstepping the mark, shall we say. Extreme. So a little bit alarmist, a little <laughs> bit alarmist, uh, but we'll, I'm sure we'll come on to that later on. Yeah, I mean, well, you say we've overreacted. I mean, Macclesfield have parted ways with Sol Campbell today. I know, obviously, Serena <laughs> wasn't good enough. Yeah, yeah, clearly, they've overreacted as well. Uh, Darren, what about yourself? Yeah, I managed to get up there, Billy. Um, it, it, it looked like they, they took the conditions a lot better than we did. They, they handled it better. First goal come from, uh, as we all probably know, a mistake by Broth that, that uh, he didn't quite get to. 
And from there, really, on Friday, it was a little bit back to the old days on Friday. Our group joining, I think we got a bit spoiled, haven't we, really? We got, we got used to knocking it out. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's quite nice. We've all, we've all been really dis- pretty pretty uh, harsh about the National League, but yeah. we won a lot of games. Yeah, we certainly yeah. did, certainly did. But that, that kind of game, I think, is going to be par for the course, really. I think we've got a reasonably inexperienced back four at this level. Um, to, I'm looking at people like Widdison, Hat, Ekpateta, you know, and, and Sam Ling. And, you know, it's a big learning curve for them. I mean, obviously, they did well last season in the National League to get us up which is brilliant. But, you know, it's a little bit different this time. I think, the, as Ross Embleton said the other night, if you make a mistake, you're more likely to get punished this time round. And especially with uh, probably a better calibre of forwards. And don't forget, a lot of league clubs and Premier League clubs are loaning out players to teams in League 2 and League 1. They're going to they're gonna have their work cut out. And it might be a very steep learning curve in the short term. Yeah, I mean, it does put a lot of pressure on Coulson when you put it like that, um, when you look from a perspective of who's played games at that particular level. Um, all, right, all right, OK, so let's not dwell on that then, because I think we could get bogged down in a mire of despair. So let's move on to the Plymouth game. Now, Darren, as I mentioned earlier, you, you went to the Plymouth game. So, um, yeah, I got yeah. down there, Billy, um, along with, like, I think it was 205 of us down, down there, which, I'll oh, be honest, I thought was tremendous, yeah. yeah. And... Um, but Plymouth, I don't know if you know much about the ground, but it's kind of gone, gone around in a bowl. And they've got this one main stand that they look like they've redeveloped back into what it was. It, it was really odd. Yeah. I've been to Plymouth like four or five, six yeah. times. and So that was the first thing that struck me as a bit odd. Decent crowd, five, five, over 5,000. And uh, Ply- Plymouth, I've got to be honest, it didn't look like they had to get out of second gear. Mm-hmm. Which was. What did you make of the team lineup when it was first announced? So you get down there, the team's announced. What did you make of it? What was your initial reaction? My initial reaction was it was probably about right, because I think we needed, uh, as Ross alluded to and said, we needed to get minutes into certain players' legs. I think the two um, playing a win back looked like it was their first game of the season. Unfortunately, yeah. You know, neither of them covered themselves in glory. If I'm brutally honest, and I'm a fan of both of Judd and Widdison. So uh, I think from from our point of view, it was early on. There was there was a chance. They had a chance early on. Uh, the number nine, I can't remember his name, but he, he he blazed it wide when really you're thinking you, you need to be scoring there. So it was it was tough going early, and then we grew into it. We, we did. I mean, I thought the first 25, 30 minutes, we looked like we could get beat that we did in the end. But after that, for the next 15, Billy, we were all right, guys. We were okay. We weren't creating low. And that, yeah. that was the, that's the worry. I think our shot was one on target from Marvin. Mm. And it was, you know, if the keeper had let that in, he'd have never played again. Yeah. So... <laughs> that was the most worrying stat. For me. It, it, yeah, I, and I can understand that. And, that, and that, was, that was the concern, that we weren't getting, creating. We weren't creating. And uh, I felt that one or two lost the personal battles, if I'm really honest, particularly at the back. Yeah. Um, we yeah. never got hold of midfield. And for me, if you don't get hold of midfield, you, you really win games. See, I, I mean, when I saw the team line up there, I mean, I wasn't angry, I wasn't upset, but I wasn't inspired. To me, it looked like a team that had gone to spoil and maybe nick a 1-0. Um, Jamie, what do you think? Yeah, probably agree with that the changes they made I would agree with I'd have gone with bringing Dennis in play up front giving games and Judd and Widdison yeah bring those in obviously you don't want to like tear up the, the blueprint that you've used you know for the best part of actually three months if you think about it we've played three at the back and then 
Well, yeah, it's it, it's difficult because you're right. We need a, a creative influence in that team, especially against you know you, the, the better teams. You're not going to get many chances. Something out of the blue, you know, it could turn a game in our favour. So it is it's frustrating. Obviously, Ross touched on it the other day. You know, when we get up the end of the pitch, we didn't really test them, mm. and maybe that's something to you know work on as we go on through the season. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned there what Ross said. I mean, I've uh, got a couple of uh, quotes from Ross uh, after the game. Um, and he said, we were beaten by the better team. Um, it will take something to stop them when they hit the rhythm in the way they did tonight. Now, to me, I must admit, I was a little bit disappointed with those comments. And the reason I say that is because I feel as though I want Ross to be saying something along the lines of, those are the standards we need to be reaching. To me, that felt like... He was giving a bit of an excuse to the players to say, oh, well, they were better than us, so don't worry about it. Is it Jeremy, no, I mean, is it? Is it just that it's a touch of honesty? Where sometimes fans will come away from the game where you go, bit by the better team, and that's fine to be honest there. Um, I think it's um, it's not open season on Ross at the moment, but there was people Absolutely, waiting yeah. for our first defeat to say, see, we should have done this, we should have done that. And Ross is being honest and say, sometimes you do have to hold your hand up and say, we were beaten by the better side. So his, you know, just being honest for one thing, but if you looked at the message board beforehand, people were like, we're not going to win the League Cup, let's just get out of it as quickly as possible. That's not the attitude to have. You know, we're going away to play the team that are tipped to win our division for a start. Uh, full of players who who did go up from, from uh, with Barry last year. Mm. Um, always going to be a hard ask, and yeah, set up to to try and nick something out of it was the way, and it and it was well in inverted commas on paper it was working for like yeah. the first hour. Um, so I think it's a little bit not well. It's a I don't quite agree that it's you know it's disappointing to hear Ross say that. What is important is what he says to the players after that in terms of what he expects from them as a result. Yeah, Darren. Yeah, no, I, I listened to the interview probably like everyone and watched it like everyone. And I have to say, I think Ross is speaking really well. I really do. I, I really like the way Ross is thinking about what he says. And uh, for me, that five minutes he did was the best five minutes I've seen him do. Yeah. And he's growing into the role. Yeah. And we've got, to, we've, got to get, we've got to stand behind this guy. Yeah. We really have. Absolutely. I think what he'd be saying to the players afterwards, after that game, would be saying, they're the standards we've got to emulate. If we, even if you know, even if we're only going to half get up the league, you know, we've got to be looking to give them a game. So obviously, this game plan, as Darren said, you know, for part of that first half, you know, we were okay, but it's the second part. You know, it's taking the game to the opposition. Mm. That's where we're going to have to raise our game actually this season if we're going to make any sort of impact and stay out of trouble. See, that's where I sit. I mean, obviously, the game was almost like a, um, a free hit, as it were. Yeah. That's why I would have maybe just liked us to see maybe put a bit more of an attacking formation out there because of that. I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, I know you don't you don't win a game in the first minute, so you, you can hold the team to 60 if it's nil-nil and then try and change it up. But did we do that enough, do we think? You can put an attacking formation out. It's how much they're going to see of the ball. True. That's the thing. If we are going to be on the back foot and, you know, logic would dictate that we were going to be on the back foot for a lot of that game, you can try a new formation. But as it was, Darren, was it sort of a more of a one-up front for, for this game? Or? Um, no, it looked to me like the, the, the two up front were two up front. It didn't, it didn't look like they were trying to play a system with one up front. But what, what did worry, again, go back to what I said about the, the lack of chances. So uh, a ball-winning midfielder who can create it. Uh, I thought Josh had a, a reasonably, Josh Wright, that is, mm. by the way, had a reasonably good game. Um, but, but we needed more. 
and that's where I thought we were losing the, the midfield battle, which then puts the defence under pressure. Yeah. So, um, so we weren't creating anything by threading it through. So you can't be too hard on the attackers, I think, so far this season because they've not been getting the service. No. Mm. Darren, just to take you back to something you said earlier on, you mentioned that um, you thought it was the best uh, five-minute interview Ross had given. I did. And I'm in absolute agreement with you there, to be honest. But one thing I read earlier on online um, was that someone said that uh, they didn't like the fact that Ross had singled out Juddy and Marv in the post-match interview um, and sort of suggested that it was their mistakes that led to the goals. What do you make of it? I, I read that, and I think that's really harsh. Mm -hmm. I really do. I think that Ross is more than entitled to said what he said. He didn't say it in a malicious or he didn't say it in a way I felt that he was digging them out. Not at all. I think whoever got that in their head, nah, I'm not having it. Yeah, I agree with Darren on that one. I don't think it was like a, a Tommy Taylor throw him under the bus sort of rant. It was, you know, everyone could see what happened. If you see the film, you, you can see for yourself. So, and again, it does come back to how he, as a manager, as a coach, is going to motivate his players. He's not calling them out saying that was a diabolical performance or whatever. If he name checks them in the in the interview at the end of the game, he's sort of doing it to say, I need more from you. I expect I'm expecting more for you. Yeah, I I I'll put you in the team because I believe you're better than that. So it's you know, I guess we know how Justin would motivate his players. We we're starting to learn how Ross is gonna go about this, because he's given a lot of interviews at the start of the season none of which were about how he's going to set his team up to play or what his management style is. It's all about how he's going to move things on with the club. So we're hearing you know, these interviews for the first time and we're getting to know how he inspires, coaches, motivates this group of players. So it's kind of new for us to listen to as well. Yeah, and I think, uh, again, what you say there, it's about the way it's said, not what was said, the way it's said. It's mm. different. He hasn't thrown him under the bus necessarily. You know, what he's done is he's simply said, look, these are the areas that we need to improve on and that's where we'll do the work. And when, when we do that work, whether it be in training or in the game time itself, that's that's the way he's gone about it. Darren, go on. I was going to say, Billy, he just simply spoke the truth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> At the match, you could see that Juddy didn't track his man properly. You could see that Marvin uh, made a poor clearance. Yeah, and, and to be fair to Marvin, again, I thought we had a reasonably good game. He got punished for the one mistake he made. Yeah. So, and that it goes back to what you were saying, Jamie, this, we've gone up a level. Yeah. So, we are going to get punished more for the mistakes. Yeah. The stuff that you got away with in the National League, you're not going to get away with in League Two. Yeah. And, and I agree, I think, Sam, you made the point about half of Berry's players. Yeah. And, you know, that, you're right. They've, got, they've made some decent signings and Plymouth, I'm not saying they're going to win the league, but I don't think you can make too much of a 2-0 defeat against a team that have got players that were have won a, a league the previous year. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're actually gearing themselves up for a forward tilt at the title, Plymouth. Mm. I mean, and like I said, it's a, it's a good, you know, I know it was only the cup, but it was a good test for us, really, see how we, you know, to measure up against that sort of opposition. And then, we couldn't really go too gung-ho. We never got thrashed. But obviously, there's room for improvement for us. You know, if in, 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 Plymouth, in, in Plymouth buying those players from Berry, that's a statement of intent. Absolutely. I think they bought them, Well, they kind of... Wanted down with the manager, didn't they, basically? So said, brought them in. Yeah. With regards to uh, making those improvements and making those strides forward as we uh, as we move through into the league, um, do does anyone think we now need to look at the formation? Do we need to change the formation? Are we just throwing the baby out with a bar for because we've had a couple of defeats? Well, you bear know? in mind, we've only, um, this is the Orient Hour, not the Orient 12 Hour. So this, <laughs> yeah, this has been much discussion on this online. The minute... It doesn't work. We've got to go back to 4-4-2. Mm. 
I was speaking to Jane about this earlier, so just to sort of kick off this discussion, we changed to 3-5-2 or 5-3-2, however you, you look at it, at a certain point last season when we needed to do a job, and that was win the league, to get out of the league. And we were playing teams that would sit back, and we were the big fish in that league, and they were, you know, teams were just saying, they've got to get through us. We're in a completely different situation this year. We're in a division where we are not the big fish. Teams are not going to sit back and let us come at them. So, should we change the formation? It's, 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 you know... Tempting, I suppose. It, it is tempting because we're now in a completely different situation than we were last year. Um, and also, do we have the personnel now yeah. to make that um, formation count? We've lost 34 goals with two players, which is a huge, huge ask. And we're asking Angle and Wilkinson and, you know, Dennis, whoever, whoever plays up front, to gel very quickly mm. and, and hit the ground running, which just doesn't happen. We know that. So there is scope to try out a new formation. Whether we do that now, that's going to be involved, you know, what happens to the defence with that? Mm. Our defence, we've got a lot of, you know, strong players in that back line. But then again, up front, we're not scoring. If people want to go back to last, last season, you know, one, one goal in, in five games or whatever is a favourite of somebody on the message board keep, keeps putting yeah, it Yeah, keep banging on about whether it. Whether yeah. I don't know. But um, I'm not advocating a change now, um, but I think it has, to, it has to be in Ross's mind for sure. One thing I would say is when you look at the two forwards that we've signed, um, they I would suggest that they would both thrive on crosses, certainly Wilkinson. Mm. And I do think that he's had a bit of undue stick this season because he's being asked to play a role that he's not necessarily used to being used to playing. You know what I mean? He's used to being two wide men swing the ball in the box, he's attacking it. Certainly that was when when we watched them last season, that was what the Dagnam side were trying to do when we, when we played against them. So, you know, potentially it might benefit his game and, and just the way know. he's built, he sort of he seems like that sort of player, doesn't he? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Right, okay, so um, we're going to move on then, okay, uh, and we're going to move on to, uh, again, this is maybe a bit of a controversial um, sort of topic that I want to talk about, but um, there was it's been reported that there were some Embleton, um, Embleton out chance uh, after the Macclesfield, or should I say during the Macclesfield game. So I put it out to social media, um, you know, what do people think of those things, if it's true, uh, and I got some reactions from the fans, so I'm just going to read out a couple of them, then I'll sort of pass it to the panel. Um, um, so some of the reactions that I've got so far, disrespectful, stupid, uh, got to be given time, uh, at least 10 to 12 games. Um, Chaz Brangers said that uh, anyone shouting Ross out should be covered in paint so we can easily identify them, <laughs> which I don't think is a bad idea. Um, Kathy Murphy said the pace of modern football has changed, uh, become more chaotic, but it's still way too early to be saying stuff like this. Also, she doesn't understand why any fan would chant this, given what the club has been through. Um, An XO, Glenn Wilkie, said it's pathetic. Um, uh, they all need time, especially after losing Bon and Caroma. Um, and also, he doesn't believe that the interim title is helping Ross in any way. So, Jamie, uh, I'll pass over to you first of all. Well, it's interesting. The interim thing, you know, you can argue it two ways. I think Kent Teague said it the other week. I mean, the interim thing is, you know, it's there, you know, it's maybe to take the pressure off a little bit, see how we go. On the other side, as Kent said the other week, you know, it's there to motivate. Ross to like really make a, a massive go of it so it could be a bit of a double-edged sword that, as, as for the chance look if we've had the same results under Justin Edinburgh would everyone be saying that now I don't think so somehow so you know what you've got to give them time I mean the appointments what what could the club have done over the summer 
I mean, that's absolutely unprecedented in probably yeah. British football during a close season. We've had to come back from that. I mean, the club's still with a fragile state, to be quite honest. Yeah. So, you know, let's just give the guys a bit of a chance. Yeah. I mean, Paul Wells uh, sort of messaged me and said that he thinks people are worried because of Ross's lack of experience, but he obviously said that the chance definitely aren't helpful. Uh, yeah. Jamie? Um, well, it's... Of course, not helpful. I mean, I was going to start off with saying, he's, for me, he's got to go. But that was <laughs> an absolute joke. Absolutely joke. Um, two games in and a cup game. I mean, you know, if you bring a new manager in, how, how long are you going to give a manager? Like, you know, some of these people who are saying Ambleton out are probably still the same people who, when you've got a ask the manager night, the first question is, why haven't we got a scoreboard? You know, it's... You know, <laughs> we are getting into Pachetti territory as well, really, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. You know, and look, what, look how well that turned out. I think people are, you know, uh, waiting for the first thing to go wrong and then say, see, I told you so. We should have got somebody in from outside. We should have done this, should have done that. Whatever you think, three games is not nowhere near long enough to judge somebody. So it, it's a complete irrelevance as far as I'm concerned. You have to give Ross time to put his to, to impose his style of play or, or his ethos on the club and see if that works. I'm not saying that's half the season or whatever. I'm saying he's got to have more time than, you know, 270 minutes. Yeah. Darren, do you think that the board will have put in place a certain amount of games to review it or do you think it will just be a case of we'll see how the results go? I, I think both. I think they'll, they'll have a, a fixed idea, yeah. um, but it will depend on results, and I think that's correct. Going back to the point about the interim manager, in, in businesses I've worked in over the years, when I've seen interim managers come in, I agree, Jamie's making a good point, it is double-edged, it is difficult, um, but I don't, again, I don't think the club had a choice. Yeah. No, I really no. don't. No. And um, I think for me, the, the, the Ross out chance, I've got to be honest, I've been to both those away games, I didn't hear a single one. Sure. Okay, and I'd have been very, very disappointed as a person yeah. if I had heard that. And knowing me as a person, as, as Andy would uh, allude to, I'd have probably opened a big mouth and said something to someone. I think someone did. Uh, um, I won't mention right. who on air, but I think okay. someone did. Well, so. good, for, good, good for them, yeah. because I think sometimes you've got to show a bit of character. And I think we, go back to what I said earlier, I'm all for standing behind this guy. I'm all for giving him everything. We clapped at the end against Plymouth, and not for the performance, we clapped the situation we're in. Mm. And yeah. You know, it's up to us as fans. We can be, we can go two ways with this. We can be fickle, and we can melt away and become like everyone else. Well, that's not what we're about, surely. We're like an Orient. Yeah. We, we, we are. We, we, we don't. We're not glory hunters. <laughs> we're not in this. We, we're, we're on, on the wrong. We're on the wrong side for that. <laughs> no. talking, we're league champions. Have I got it wrong here, guys? Am I, am I expecting something? <laughs> And, and for me, yeah, I just feel that, that anyone who's... who's um, Sam's bang on as well about this three games. You know, I'm totally agree, in agreement with that as well. So, yeah, well, at, point, at some point, of course, we've got to judge a guy. But, but the, it's like the formation. When do we change it? When do we change manager? When do we change all these things? And we've become this society that, uh, without going too deep, we want instant gratification, don't we? And we, we can't... Football don't work like that. So... We, we, for me, have got to give everybody a little bit of time, a little bit of patience, and just stick with it and, and see where it takes us. Because you know what? We've got some good players. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. Yeah, it's going to just take some working out, you know, formation-wise and where to play them, you know. And then once 
people are comfortable in that and we do get a couple of results you know confidence will grow and you'll see us move up the league yeah everybody I, just calm down I just want to read out a couple of quotes that I've got from the message board um, I, unfortunately when I copied these across I didn't get the uh, the, the board of names so apologies if I'm reading out your, uh, your message without your name but there we go so um, nope I'm making the call now. That was the shortest honeymoon period you could get. Ross doesn't have the gravitas for the manager. Good coach, maybe. Manager, no way. Um, the second one, I think the problem is management by committee. I just think Justin looked and took on board opinions from his coaches, but ultimately made the judgment call. Because of his background in management, so he's played at a good level, um, for anyone else questioning, it'll be hard to argue their point. And for the final one, it'll be a huge worry, though, after if after a reasonable period of 12 to 13 games, we find ourselves adrift at the bottom of Division 2. Ross Embleton is not management material, and that is why he carries the interim title. Now, I'm not saying I agree with any of those things, but I'm just simply putting them out there as a discussion point. I think the point about Justin being a big character to make the big calls is, is quite telling there. And I think he proved that over his stint here. I mean, he actually took this club off its backside and, as to quote Kent T, put on his back and ran with it. And you do need a big personality, and I think that's where Orient have fallen down over the years when they've had decent players and they've not quite had the guy in charge to carry him through. The leader. And, yeah, the leader. And that's what. And, and you can say, even going back to the Bichetti era, you know, he used to make all these changes. But no one was bigger than the president, and that was a problem at Orient, and that's why it constantly fell down on its, on its face. But yeah, um, you know what? It's up to Ross to kind of make that, make that job his own. You know, and you know, we've got to, you know, after three games, you've got to kind of back him. You can't just make a call as, and also, as Sam said after 270 minutes, it's ridiculous. Kent Ken and Nigel, businessmen, they're not. You know, there's a lot of stuff said. How are we, are we being too sentimental by keeping the existing team on? And you know, there's a lot of discussion that's been had about continuity, or you know, do we go with that? And after one lot, well, two losses this week, everyone's going right. We need to go. There's a lot of assumptions in all of those, all of those statements, all based on what people think they know about Ross Embleton. Yeah. Okay. Now, none of those people, I'm guessing, would be in the dressing room, would be at coaching, would see, would see what he's like. Would Kent and Nigel have appointed somebody who they didn't think had the um, had the gravitas, as somebody said there, to do something with this club? If it's all based on sentiment, we will find out if Ross isn't the man for the job. Results will bear it out at the end of the day. That's what it is. It's a results business. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But they've got to have seen something in Ross to say he can take that group of players and he can do something with them. You know, whatever we're aiming to do this season, whatever it is. But they've seen something in him. You have to trust that, as, as, as Kenneth always said, trust the process or, or whatever it was. Yeah. You've just got to go with that and you've got, you've got to trust them that they've seen something in Ross. We see Ross when he gives these interviews. You know, Alex Ferguson used to say stuff in interviews. It was nothing in relation to the game you've just seen. You know, it's, I'm not saying it's mind games or whatever, but Ross will be saying one thing to, to the press and he would presumably be saying something else to his players in terms of what he expects from them, what he, you know, what he needs from them. So that's the thing. We, we're all basing our assumption that well, those people are on, Ross isn't the man for the job because of this. Well, how do you know? We shall see. We shall see. Yeah, Darren? Yeah, without wishing to contradict myself, <laughs> I do think the, the one thing I will say uh, about Ross is that he has got to be his own man. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not saying don't take counsel from your coaches, yeah, but you made the decisions. Yeah. yeah, and you let people know you've made those decisions because yeah. ultimately Ross is accountable. So I do think that, 
I think that's probably the one thing that Ross, more than anything, needs to perhaps demonstrate over the next whatever months, games. Yeah. I, yeah. I really do think that's, that's critical. If he can do that and he can um, show that to the players that he makes the final decision, then I think he's got a chance. That leads me on nicely, actually, to the, the, uh, my next point, which is, uh, so there was a lovely um, article uh, in the BBC, on the BBC website, uh, written by Rob Stevens about uh, how Orient are working through the grieving process after losing Justin. Um, and I've taken a couple of bits and pieces um, out of that, a few quotes from Ross, which got me thinking, are we potentially, um, could we be being harmful to Ross and his future within the game? Um, by putting him in this position. Now, the reason, the, the, the couple of things that I pulled out from there that got me thinking about that was uh, Ross said the following things. So, the one thing I will never be able to do and I would never want to do is step into his shoes, talking about Justin. Um, I'd never want people to call me gaffer because that's the way I used to refer to him. Someone's got to do, someone's got to try and lead us towards normality again. That's my job. Jamie, what do you make of that? Yeah, that's quite a good quote, though. I mean, you know, we are still in the grieving process. And that is quite a good quote from Ross. I mean, what I mean, normality is just getting the club back on an even keel because, no, we did have a traumatic summer. There's no two ways about it. And uh, things aren't the same. But eventually, you'll have to make the decisions to make the club normal, yeah. in inverted commas. You know, he's, that's his job to push us forward now and, and carry on. Football clubs do roll on. They're like schools and you know other businesses you know like you, you take the hit and you have to go forward yeah i mean jamie at some point do you think that ross will have to say um yeah i uh, i do want to be the gaffer i think i think he will i think i think he but i think he'll he'll know that himself you know he'll, he'll get to the point of hey, this is this is it this is me and time to lead yeah Okay, um, the other thing that i wanted to mention was um that he'd um ross said Talking about it sounds like an easy thing, but it's not. There have been so many unusual feelings and so many unusual moments. The lows and emotion comes at strange old times. Sometimes we feel as though we don't find it easy to talk. I think the biggest thing I'm learning is that it is okay to have my meltdown when I have my meltdown. And I actually think that much as people are sort of saying, well, does he have the gravitas? For someone to come out and say that publicly, I think is a really brave thing to say. And I genuinely think that Ross Hamilton at the moment He's probably the bravest man in the club for me because he's taking on the hardest role. Mm. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's, there's an argument, uh, you know, to say you don't want to be the, the manager that follows Justin Edinburgh, you want to be the manager that follows the manager that follows yeah. Justin Edinburgh because that is a really, you know, a tough, a tough role to take on. But, but again, it comes back to this thing of is the club being too sentimental? No, I don't think it, it is. We lost Justin, nobody expected that. And Justin's big strength was getting, you know, getting that group of players, you know, who had great ability, don't get me wrong, but it's what Justin brought to them that got us to, 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 to top that league and go up as champions. And Ross would have played his part in that. Danny would have played his part in that. Joby certainly played, literally played his part in that. So to keep that continuity going through, I think was absolutely the right decision. And I didn't see many people on the message boards or at the club complaining about it when that decision was taken. And yet, the first time we lose a game, yep. it's straight in with, well, this is why, you see, we should have done this, we should have done that. Always, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing in football. Are we risking, potentially, though, the career of a great coach? 
I don't... It is a hard question, I know, and we won't find out, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I, d- I, don't, I don't know. I mean, there, there's coaches who've come through similar sorts of uh, examples of adversity. Look at Martin Ling, what he, what he had to go through. Yeah. And this is part of a bigger thing around the club, because... Um, um, Alan Comfort's in that um, that uh, that piece on the BBC website as well, talking about how he's an outlet for the players in you know, in terms of what they want to talk about. You can talk to them confidentially. Um, Martin Ling, we know what he's gone through with his mental health, and he speaks about it openly and very bravely. Let's not forget that Mind sponsored the back of the the shirt, the players' names on the back of the shirt, and I've been doing for a couple of seasons now. The, the whole conversation about mental health in in football, especially men, you know men's mental health, has really come on leaps and bounds in the past couple of years. Um, so Ross, yeah, is dealing with a lot in within within that whole that whole thing. So it's really difficult one to answer, and you know, it's one of the time will tell. But he is there. I could come back to my previous point. He's there for a reason. He, he businessmen running our club would not have said should probably give it to him. That's the nice yeah. thing to do, isn't it? It's it's running our club. You don't do the nice thing. You've got to do the right thing, or what you believe is the right thing. And Kent believe and, and Nigel believe that interim is helping they might decide do you know what if results don't keep going away we're going to take interim off we're going to back you we're going to do that or they might go the other way and say we are going to be looking at other uh, other names that is up to them but i think ross he's his own man he's, he's come out and he said all that he's spoken brilliantly it's just you know we get we get a one nil on saturday everything's back to normal yeah. isn't it you know yeah darren's what it comes down to yeah, the only, the only thing I'd say there is, as I say, for me, he's got to prove he is his own man. Okay, and, and, and that, that's going to take a bit of time. And it goes back to what I said about, I think the decision, 100% correct one. As I said, as, as Jamie said as well, the club's been put in, a, in a, an awful position by an awful tragedy. Mm. So I do think it's important we move on. And, and I, I think that uh, we've got a chance on Saturday to, to do that again, mm. make another step in, in the direction. And, and I think that uh, Ross has probably got the toughest job in the league at the moment. Yeah. So again, another reason why I think as, as, as a club, as a fan base, we've got to get behind this guy yeah. and give him, give him our support. Because it's, you know, it, it's a hard, hard job now. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would also say... With, with the panel today, we're not just sitting here like, hooray for Rory, and we're great, yeah. everything's yeah. like... Me and Jamie sit in the East Stand, and you don't get in the East Stand without being able to moan professionally. Exactly. You know, so yeah. we, we're, we're very much realists here, not, not a case of happy clappy, everything's fine. Um, you know, this is, you know, if you take a straw poll, mm. I, would, I would think, yeah, this is the right decision. And, those, you know, some of the stuff that's been said on, uh, online about Ross is half of it's... I'm thinking half of it's got to be a wind-up. Yeah, got to be a wind-up, hasn't it? Some, yeah, trying to get some uh, reaction, yeah. On a lighter note, I got 60 quid back from Virgin Rail today for uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the delays the trains coming back from um, Macclesfield. So to uh, all, all the uh, lads and lasses and boys and girls that went to Macclesfield, get your claiming <laughs> if you went by train now. What's up? On, on the flip side, at the moment, Stevenage's manager is having exactly the same kind of stuff thrown at him. Right. Yeah, because he's lost three and there's people on their site saying, not for us. Gotta go. Yeah, um, after 270 minutes, folks. We all know, though. We all know, though. If you've lost that, three in the bounce, that's the modern thing. Who's going to play? Yeah, you know, lose two, three games, yeah. and everyone wants to change the manager. Yeah, yeah. As Billy, Billy just started to say, <laughs> it's uh, yeah. If you've lost three games on the bounce, 
and you haven't yeah. scored, who do you want to play next? <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. Well, let's try and lighten the mood a little bit now then. So I thought I'd chuck it out there. Um, obviously, we talked about the Ross Emwood and out chance, but let's talk about some more funny, amusing football chance. We hear them at all the time over different grounds and bits and pieces, oh. so I thought I would open it up to people. We'll have to keep it as Stop clean it. as the Ross Welcome to the last <laughs> edition of the Orient Hour, everybody. <laughs> yeah, Darren, not that I'm looking specifically at you, but I am looking at you and I can see Andy's face over there yeah. getting yeah. particularly worried about this. So do you know why I'm going to bring this up is because I was watching, uh, I was looking at Twitter the other day and I saw, and it was, um, I can't remember, I think it might have been, it might have been Berry fans, I can't remember who it was, but essentially there was a steward at their game who looked like Harry Maguire. So yeah. they were essentially singing the Harry Maguire song to him. And for those of you that don't know how it goes, Harry Maguire, Harry Maguire, he drinks the vodka, he drinks tequila, his head's flipping massive. <laughs> Obviously not with those exact lyrics, yeah. but I had to alter it. So I put it out there and I thought I would find out, um, do we have any famous, uh, or favourite, should I say, quotes? I only heard oh, one, chance. it was very much of the time and it was at the worst Orient game I've ever seen, which a lot of it have said over the past few years, but I was one of the people who was at Bramall Lane to see the 6-0. Oh God. And um, there was a group of that's behind me and uh, I'm not sure it's how you pronounce his name but it, it fit beautifully into Let's Dance by David Bowie and it was Jens Jans put on the red shirt and face the booze <laughs> which was just beautiful absolutely beautiful the highlight of the day for me uh, my uh, my old man told me about a great one that he heard uh, years ago. Uh, by all accounts, Robbie Fowler, when he was still playing, bought up quite a portfolio of houses around the Manchester and Liverpool area. And uh, the Man City fans started singing, uh, We all live in a Robbie Fowler house, a Robbie Fowler house. <laughs> Apparently owns about 200 up there or something, should be. I think he got them for 20 quid. But, uh, <laughs> the... Uh, my, my, my personal favourite, uh, I was giving, some, giving this some thought away over Billy when, when I saw what you, you know, uh, the, the tweets were going out earlier about the show. And um, who remembers Gary Bellamy? Yes. Oh, yes. So you know the one I'm I talking about, yeah. He yeah. looks so flash with his northern sash. Bella Bella me. That was a personal favourite. Well, the other one was he flexes pecs in the joy of sex because yeah. he looked like the guy on the, on the front of the book with a better... Not that I've got it, everybody. No, it's like... And the other one was uh, Ricky Otto's, which was he's cool, he's dread, he's got a shooter in his shed. <laughs> <laughs> I heard the uh, E10 Mess podcast uh, sent me a message, which was a great one, which was uh, Wimbledon to MK Dons. Where were you when you were us? Yeah, uh, which is always quite good. Yeah. And then there's the old favourite sent in by uh, Paul Ayling, which is uh, the old Jason Lee chant. He's got a pineapple oh, on his it's, head. It's one that are used against us now because... Um, you're supposed to be at home with the uh, the flats in the corner, but at Luton, where you actually go and through, you can, yeah, yeah. through people's it's houses, room, yeah. we, can, we can see you washing up on that the way is, out. That, of, uh, that is true, because I actually did see some woman washing up as I went there. I think we lost 3-0 on a Tuesday night, <laughs> and I was amazed. I was going to say, apparently that, that chant about um, the pineapple on his head, that actually got to the guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. really got to the guy, yeah. That, he, he went a bit off the rails after that, apparently. That's right. <laughs> oh, but, uh, yeah. You'd have thought well, he just got his hair cut. I mean, <laughs> How off the rails do you want it? Yeah. I mean, do we have any personal Orient favourites here? Obviously, uh, my favourite, nice and simple, I've got two here. I mean, the first one, nice and simple, ooh, Terry Howard, ooh, yeah, Terry Howard. I used to love that one, yeah. 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 I think, I think, after the East End started chanting that when he was playing against us for Wickham and there was a free kick against us on the edge of the area yeah. just to see another Terry Howard free kick. Yeah. Um, Steve Castle's, ooh, Barkinsider. Ooh, Barkinsider. <laughs> oh, Peter, man. Peter, 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 Peter,
piece, yeah, piece of man. I, I think, I think for me, Ori Ori. Yeah. On a serious note, because no one else can sing it. No, no. And, and, and that just stands us out a little bit again, so I kind of quite like Ori Ori. Um, I've got another personal favourite of mine, which is um, the Shane Tudor chant. Does everyone remember that? Mm. When Shaney goes marching down the wing, Tudor, Tudor. When Shaney goes marching down the wing, Tudor, Tudor. That's Shaney not what Millwall sang at him. Is that not right? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, Jamie liked to, when we had um, uh, McSweeney. McSweeney, yeah. McSweeney, McSweeney. <laughs> 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 one for the teenagers. Yeah, one of the teenagers there. If you're into ITV4, you know what we're talking about. <laughs> um, I got a couple of good one-liners sent to me as well from uh, people who couldn't think of songs but remember particularly favourite uh, one-liners. So um, this is from uh, Joe Williams. It was actually his dad that said this. So this is a few years ago when uh, Uriah Rennie was still referee. And I don't know how many of you remember him. <laughs> And essentially, uh, Roy Williams shouted out when he was given a particularly bad performance, Rennie, you're giving me indigestion. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember once some uh, some singing, uh, Carl, Carl, super Carl, 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 super Carl, lazy Welsh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was Tommy Taylor. <laughs> Um, and another one of mine was, uh, we were at Northampton away a few years back. This is back when I was at university, so we're talking about 15 years ago now. Um, and there was a particularly unlucky looking steward who had his trousers pulled up round his nipples and uh, had a bit of a stoop. And then someone just shouted out, Oi mate, where's Esmeralda? And that was it. it was, um, <laughs> and then uh, followed by the chance and the rest of the Orient faithful of the bells, the bells. So, um, bless <laughs> the, uh, bless the poor lad. He took it in good stead and he had a bit of a giggle and stuff. And um, I remember the head steward walking over to him to make sure he was all right, but had to turn around and walk away halfway through because he was too busy laughing. <laughs> so, um, anyone else got any that, they've, uh, that they can think of off the top of their head that they liked? Not before nine o'clock. Not though, before I nine o'clock. I think you've done well, Billy, to get as many hours as you want. You've done okay. <laughs> Quick wash your head. That's it, I've milked <laughs> that one. Right. right, okay, all right. So, we'll move on then. All right, so assessment of the current squad then. Um, so, someone said earlier on, was offering Dayton, Brill and Williamson uh, sentimental rather than footballing reasons for their new contracts? Um, someone suggested we could have upgraded these positions. I mean, I'm not sure how they would know we could have upgraded, but uh, Jamie, I'm going to open that one up to you. Right, well, it's, it's difficult because obviously we must have had some plans before what happened to Justin mm -hmm. happened and that probably went out the window. You know, we might be signed Josh Wright and that was it. And then suddenly we're in a, we've, we've sold Bon and we've sold Coroma and we're kind of looking at, you know, we got to get replacements and, and good quality ones. And like, you know, they, they, don't, they don't just roll up. You, you have to yeah. kind of, if, if you've got to be in the right place in the right time, you, sometimes you, you work weeks and months to make these signings. Um, so, you know, as Sam said earlier, you, you're trying to replace 34 goals in a season and it's never going to be easy. Uh, the guys they've got in, I think they're okay. I think obviously they need time to gel. Um, as for giving people sentimental contracts, I think that most of the players kind of earned the right to have a go, have a crack at the league. I mean, most of them are reasonably experienced. But the, the ones that might have raised an eyebrow might be Matt Harold, I suppose. Mm -hmm. But you know what? Towards the end of the season, he, he scored some vital goals. Strongly, yeah. if, if, if he finishes the season strongly, and who's to say he might not even, you know, might even start Saturday? You don't know, do you? I mean, the other thing there was James Alabi coming back off the yeah. transfer list to, yeah. to get another contract. So that you know, yeah. you would think one on one point you could say, well, that's quite sentimental because he's a bit of a you know a cult figure. But on the other other side as well, to me, it looks like he's 
he's toned up a bit, he's dropped mm. a bit of weight, and he's if he's impressed in training, then that's, you know, if someone puts you on the transfer list, mm. might be a bit naive and where the Rovers is, but yeah, and you think, well, I'm going to show the manager what I can do. And if that's to, what he's done... you got to remember last, the season before last, we sat in the studio saying, well, we need a new left-back and Craig Clay's running ball, and they both came, they both came back with absolute storming two seasons. Of the, two of our best players of last I, season. I put a tweet out at the beginning of last season, and I said, there is no way a championship-winning side is going to contain Craig Clay in the middle of midfield. And at the end of the season, I tweeted him to apologise, and yeah, he was right. my player of the season, and I was yeah. absolutely yeah. wrong. I was so. totally surprised by that. Absolutely yeah. totally surprised by that. And then, you know, again, this time last season, we started off with three draws. And I said, well, I'm pretty sure that three, you know, played three, drawn three isn't championship winning form. So, yeah, what do we know? There you go. Exactly. I mean, if we're looking at the current squad, then without sort of, uh, where would we, we're talking about bringing in players. Obviously, Ross mentioned the other day, we're trying to do deals at the moment mm. and what have you. It's always difficult this time of year. We know that. Um, where do you think we need to strengthen then? Um, so, Sam, I'll put this over to you first of all. Um, well, it, it's, I think first, first and foremost, if you work out what, formation we're going to be playing if we're going to stick with the the three five two um and then i think you've we've bought in angle and wilkinson and we've also got dennis up there so you're kind of looking if you're going to give those guys a chance you're looking at your midfield now for me last season we had craig clay and charlie lee who were both deep lying midfielders and we all love Charlie, but I do think you know Josh Wright is a is an upgrade. No, thanks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just leave that one in. Um, but Josh Wright is an upgrade. But again, bit of a deep line midfielder. So for me, similarly to last season, and Jamie and I had a lot of uh, discussion about this. For me, it's a box to box midfielder in the Romain Vincelot, Steve Castle, S- Stephen Dawson kind of mould. That you know filling that box to box because. Josh Wright can ping passes, but he will often be quite far back, just in front of the just in front of the of the centre backs. Similarly with Craig Clay, there you know there's been a lot of discussion on the 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 balls about a ball winning midfielder. Now Craig can break up play. It's whether you've got somebody who can then take that and then drive it forward, yeah. which I feel that we're lacking. Uh, JMD sort of goes that plays that sort of deep line number ten. Is role. he strong enough to play that in the middle of no, the No, he's no, not. In, he not can. in my opinion, no. Not yet at the moment anyway. He's um, he's a different sort of player for me. So for me what's missing in there is, you know, a sort of box to box midfielder mm. in the mould of, you know, his holiness mm. Steve Castle. Yep. Yep. Darren <laughs> Yeah, I'll go along with that completely actually. And uh, I think a, a box to box ball winning midfield. Probably the hardest position on the pitch to find that stats, as you alluded to a minute ago, Billy. It's a tough window now. The time left we've got, I think there's a couple more weeks. Yeah. Second September, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think that, that getting that, that player in, there's a lad, forgive me, I forget his name, at Shrewsbury that we've been linked with. Um, and, and I think I think that's... I looked him up at the time and looked at his Wikipedia and not that you can believe him on Wikipedia on either. <laughs> And uh, I thought, yeah, okay, you fit the mould. Um, so yeah, I, I do agree with both both the, the other lads on, on that one. I think maybe as well, I'm a little little bit concerned about the um, the situation with Jamie Turley Go on. being injured. And and if anything happens, I know we're playing three, but I, I think I think that there's going to come a time where perhaps Marvin and Hap particularly need a rest if that's the right way of putting it. Yeah. yeah. So. Games we need. Yeah. Do you think Shadrach is not ready then at the moment? I, I, I haven't I, seen I, him in pre-season. I, I think he's looked very strong, very big, very. No, no I'll take your point on on Shadrach. Um, I, I, I'm looking forward. To, very sad. I'm looking forward to the. Uh, 
games against uh, coming up against um, Wimbledon, Southend, and uh, Brighton, because that is a good opportunity for yeah. us to see these players and find that out. So I think I think they're the games where we're going to find that out. Hopefully, that are coming up. But yeah, now going back to the original question, box to box, ball within midfield. Totally agree to point that, that Josh and Craig Clay are limited in terms of. I don't think Josh is what you'd call a defensive player, mm. and I don't think Clay is an attacking player. No. So, uh, JMD is a massive season for us for him. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, if he can fill that role, and I, again, I keep saying, agree with you, Sam, but again, I, I think you're right what you're saying. Can he do it? Is he strong enough? See, I think this formation, I hate to go back to the formation, and I know but we kind of mentioned it earlier on, so, um, you know, Jamie, you mentioned it, we need to decide what formation we're playing. I think we limit Josh Wright's effectiveness by not playing wide men because no. the thing is when he gets that ball he's always looking for a pass he's looking for an out ball yeah, if he's only playing it straight if he's only got the two centre forwards to aim for yeah. because the, 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 the two you know wide men will, will be the wing backs and not they're not getting up the pitch quick enough I think we limit his ability in the middle of the park and I do think you know potentially a change in formation would support him as well in that respect if we play if we played the 4-4-2 then you'd have to play Brophy on the left and maybe Dayton if fit Jordan Maguire drew it's a massive save for him and Brophy as it goes because you know we're going to be looking for them to open up defences and we can't rely on Joby coming back I think we could play Louis Dennis out wide as well though well possibly yeah I've not, not seen him play yet so I'll have a look at that but I mean also if you're going to play wingers your, your full backs have got to get up and down the pitch and yeah. they've, they've, they've got you can't just leave it in modern football you just can't leave it for your winger to try and beat two three blokes you can't do that that's, part that's of the ship. thing with our full backs they are full backs they're not yeah. wing backs no matter who you play I don't think so. And coming to what you said, Darren, Jamie Turley, I love Jamie Turley, but he's not going to be, if you put him in at right back, he's not going to be bombing up and down the wing, is he? He's not, not, he's no. not built like that. That's not his game. No. That's not his game. No. Um, you um, you mentioned it earlier on, Sam, about uh, Stevie Castle. That's the sort of player that we need in the middle of the park. Um, again, that was another thing I put out um, on the... Um, on the onto social media about if we could have one XO if we could add it to this side who would it be now I'm going to start off with a little story about my old man because uh, I rang him and I, I thought to myself you know I'll, I'll ring my old man and see what he's got now um, for those of you that know my old man he's a bit deaf so when I said to him I said right dad I said you can have any player from, from an X Orient team I said um, you know um, in this current lineup, who would it be and he went Craig Easton and I went, okay. right, I've said, I thought he'd misheard me at first because I, I, I thought he was going to say Laurie Cunningham. And I said, I said, no, Dad, you can have anyone. You know what I mean? You can have absolutely anyone. You can have Laurie Cunningham if you want. And he said to me, well, Cunningham was brilliant for the O's. He said, but he played in Division 2. He said, so he was also surrounded by very, very good players. He said, now, without, without saying he couldn't do a job in Division 4, because I'm sure he could, he <laughs> said... Um, he said to me, what we need is a Craig Easton type player who's played in Division 4, who can put a tackle in, who can create a chance, who can score a goal. And he said, he's exactly what we need right now. So I'm putting it out to the panel. If you could have an XO, you've already had Stevie Castle. <laughs> if I'm putting it out to the other Whoa. two, who would you have? Well, Sam's taken my pick. But, oh. uh, but I mean, if, if I was stretching the point a bit, I'd probably say Harry Kane, but he's like <laughs> sort of half an XO. But um, it's funny you should mention Craig Easton because uh, another guy, uh, I think it was on Twitter, he made a list of like box to box midfielders. Mm. Top was Steve Castle. Second was. I'm trying, I'm Stephen Dawson. Steve Dawson, Dawson was third. Yeah. And Vincelo was second. Yeah. And fourth, I'd have put um, Craig Easton because that year we got promoted in 2006. He made a massive difference to mm. us in the midfield. He did the protecting, did the tackling, did the dirty work. And you know he was a you know he was a massive influence in that promotion season. But 
If you, crikey, if I, if you have to push me, who would come into the team now? <sighs> Bloody hell! <laughs> I, I, I might just have to say Moses Adebayo. Mm, okay. Because he could to do two things: he could get up the line and he could take a chance, so he could play wing and full back if he had to. So he could he'd be versatile for us. Yeah, Darren, I can see you chomping at the bit. <laughs> I've had chomping at a bit, but I, I would. Um, I, I, I'm not sure. If this is the right answer, given what you're saying about the, the actual team now, but Chris Barr Williams. I've, do you know what? I've got that written down on my bit of paper right here, Chris Barr Williams. <laughs> um, yes, go on, go for it. Yeah, That's the I right just, answer. I just felt that he was completely a cut above. You, you, I remember his debut, I think it was against Tramia. Yeah. yeah. And um, he scored, didn't he? Yeah. His yeah debut. He did. And he just, he was 17, and he just bossed it. Yeah, and and you thought <laughs> being a typical cynical wow, I thought we ain't gonna be here long. Yeah, <laughs> well, you're right. <laughs> I didn't want to play. And um, so for me, yeah, Chris Bart Williams would would give us that. Um, that look, come on, he was a top. I think he played in the top flight, didn't he? For he Forest, did. Yeah, yeah. Played the FA Cup final. Yeah. Yeah, we, we're never gonna keep him. Was we? We never get a player like that now. But but I think you know your old man. Fair play to him. And yeah, that's great a great call. Yeah. It's a great show. It's a great call. So, uh, just to mention a couple of others that put, uh, put um, players' names out there. So, Karen Harrison and a few others said uh, Stephen Dawson. Keith Fort said Glenn Roder, uh, as calm centre back to bring the ball out of defence. Uh, don't know what we make of that. Vince a lot was mentioned by a lot of people. It's a lot um, of ball winning midfielders there. There is, yeah, yeah, yeah which suggests, point. yeah. Don Valentine, John Mackey, leading the leader and an enforcer. Um, George Shubridge, this was an interesting one. Jason Demetriou, because he could play on either wing, in the middle, or at right back, and was one of our own fans favourite but the only so, problem was he did tend, tends to like run his mouth off and almost get sent off a few times he kind of like, I thought he'd lost his way a little bit towards the end sure because when he you know when he came into the side he was a breath of fresh air and he did mind you he was playing the poor side as well you know, if you've got forwards like Scowcroft and parking up front it's not going to end well really if you're if you're a midfielder yeah I mean, if we're going to get ridiculous, let's get George Porter back in the building, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> out, out. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll swerve that one. Right, OK, so we've only got a couple of minutes left. Um, so uh, what we're going to do... Andy's looking at me and saying something and I can't lip read so uh, he's going to have to come and write it down for me Second whilst I'm off. just uh, filling space but Karen, uh, from, Karen from the supporters club has asked me to read out a message so I'm just going to get that up so that you, I can read that out and the message is uh, where are we so supporters club memberships are available for collection from this club on Saturday and they've not been sent in the post yet as we are waiting the fixture cards to put with them if anyone else would like to join the membership then the details are on the website orientsupporters.org and it's under how to join and finally uh, the travel line is also taking bookings for the Mansfield coach travel to Salford uh, details can be found on all social media platforms Twitter Facebook etc etc um, okay so uh, we've got one more thing to quickly mention which is the texting at the match we've only got three minutes to do this now the reason I brought this up was because um, a uh, Hull City fan the other day was told that he was not allowed to text at the game by a steward in case he was uh, letting people know what was going on for betting purposes. So I quickly <laughs> uh, downloaded the EFL ticket in terms and conditions and the terms and conditions are mobile phones are permitted within the ground provided that they are used <coughs> for personal and private use only. For the avoidance of doubt, no material captured may be published or otherwise made available to any third parties, including without limitation via social networking. What do we make of that? Well, they'd probably end up banning nearly everyone in football. Yep. Wouldn't they? <laughs> um, apparently, if you are a vlogger and you are filming the game, if a steward comes over to you and says to you, why are you recording? And you say you're a vlogger, 
you they have to tell you to stop by all accounts right however if you say no it's just for personal use they can't say anything <laughs> so there you go Darren yeah one of Jack's mates got um uh, threatened with ejection for really? uh, being a, a, a blogger at Orin. So, yeah. Uh, look, anyone who's ever read any of my texts or, or, or emails or text or tweets or whatever can realise I can't spell to save a life. So, <laughs> so, so, frankly, it's ridiculous. Let's be honest. It's, it's the, the world we live in now to get yeah. people. Anyway, yeah. It's stupid. Idea. I mean, can you imagine going to a Premier League ground and telling all the all, all those people with selfie sticks to finish, sorry, mate, you can't film at the ground. Like, you know, you'd have half empty stadiums. So, Sam, go on. Um, yeah. Sorry, Sam, even. Well, no one, no one's looking at my phone during a game. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> I have to hide my phone from the wife anyway. So. Yeah, okay. The game's gone, as they say. The yeah. game's gone. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So one minute to go, then, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Just quickly, we're going to round up. Uh, team for Saturday. Uh, you, Jamie. More or less the same. Uh, if hopefully Maguire will play, and I'd like to see Widdison and Ling back at the fullbacks and keep it as it is for now. Yep. Uh, similar to that, I big fan of Miles Judge. I think you know he's uh, he offers us something a little bit bit more than than Sam Ling does. No disrespect to Lingy, but um, Judge gives us that little bit of bit of aggression. Um, I'd like to see him have a have ninety minutes under his belt and see how he gets on. Uh, Woodison back on the left if if fit, um, and let's just hope the the front two gel this Saturday because it's it's, it's there for the taking, really, isn't it? Yeah, Darren, over to you. Uh, for me, same formation that finished against Macclesfield, possibly with the exception um, having Widdison back in the team. Uh, for me, I think Sam Ling has uh, uh, just about deserved the spot over Judd. And I didn't think that's something I'd say last season, but yeah. at the moment, you know, so it's good, good, good to play that one. It's interesting. I think Judd's uh, struggling for fitness from what I saw of him at Potter's Bar the other day. Yeah, uh, I'm going to do it, guys. I'm really sorry. I want to go 4 4 2. I know, I know, I know. I just can't help it. I just think it would benefit both the forwards. So I want to go four four two, and I would like to see. I agree. I would like to see Jody start at the right back. I just think it gives us a bit more pace in the team. Um, and I'd also just like to see Louis Dennis on one wing. I'd like to see John Maguire draw on the other wing. Um, I think Brophy has a lot more impact when he comes on off the bench yeah. later on in the games. Um, I think his pace just kills defenders yeah. after about sixty minutes or so. It's the last thing you want to play against as a defender. Um, so yes. So I think it will benefit us in the long run. Okay, thank you ever so much to our panel tonight. Uh, really appreciate all your input. Uh, thank you to Sam, thank you to Jamie, thank you to Darren. Um, thank you to all of our listeners as well. Uh, hopefully you will tune in again. Uh, I know we had some people say they weren't going to listen if I was presenting, so hopefully I've changed their minds uh, and we'll see how we get on next time. Uh, thank you to Andy for doing all the buttons and what have you and bits and pieces and go from there. And uh, let's, uh, fingers crossed that for the Orient, we uh, get a good result on Saturday against Stevenage. Coming in up you always and when I finish off with a quick oh ori 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 and <laughs>